The dead dive. What, Captain Hollister? Everybody's dead dive. What, Todd Hunter? What, Selby? Not Chen. He's dead dive. Everybody is dead. Everybody is dead dive. Hello, welcome back to Everybody is Dead Dave, the Red Dwarf review podcast where we're making our way through every episode of the series in order. And we're past the BBC era now. It's a, We're into a mm. whole new era. Yes, a whole new world is a famous Disney film. The Dave said. era. Yes. Although this was this was a weird one. We're on Back to Earth. Mm. And it's, um, I think it was aired on both Dave and the BBC, if my memory is serving me correctly. Yes, I think so. I think from what I've understood, Dave put up most of the money for it. And when when the episode finishes, you know, there's always like a little copyright thing at the end of TV programs. Mm. It did say UK Gold, which is the network, or sorry, or UK TV Network, which is the network Dave's a part of, of course, which made me think, okay, this was mostly a Dave. I don't know if the BBC, but then I always forget. Uh, for those who remember back in the 90s, UK TV was formed by the BBC and Thames Television. So yeah, it's that's sort true. of it's their thing kind of anyway. Co-production and it's, yeah, it's half theirs anyway. Yeah, so it's kind of a weird thing. I think, mm. the, have the BBC sold their stake in it now? I can't remember. Now that's true. They might have done that, yeah. Yeah. Know, but back back in the day, back when it back, started. Back then but when this was back made. Then. It was, but yeah, it was this still is still the day yeah. era. This is still yeah. the day era. Um, well, if you're new to the podcast... Basically, I'm a long-term fan of many decades watching mm-hmm. the show through. Uh, I first watched it in the 90s. I watched it again when it came out on DVD. And I've watched, you know, sporadically since then and all the newer stuff. Adam here is my co-host and the first time through watching it uh, yes. for this podcast. Can we still say relative newbie? Always? We will always say relative newbie. <laughs> until we finish, until we get to up to date, it will always be relative newbie. We're going to stick it on a t-shirt. Yes. Yes, but no, this is the first time, this is my first interaction with the Dave era, so it's uh, even newer for me. Yeah, well, this is probably, I think, the only series that I have only ever watched when it first went out. Ah. And I've never gone back to it. I, so that's 13 <laughs> years then, because this was 2009. Yeah. I, I see. I've not seen it be, be, since it first aired. Is, is there a reason why you didn't go back to it? There may well be a reason that I didn't <laughs> oh, no. go back to it, but oh, we will dear. see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, now, there, there's two ways we could have done this. We could have, because mm. we've got the director's cut DVD and Blu-ray. You've got mm-hmm. the Blu-ray, I've got the DVD. And on there, there is two ways of watching it. You can watch it as one feature-length movie or you can watch it as it aired in three parts. Yes. And because we've done everything else as it aired, I thought, well, we thought we'd just stick with that for now. Yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll do each part individually, have a different episode on each part, partly because otherwise it would be a very long episode. Oh, yeah. With with how the tangents we get onto, we'd be here Yeah, for hours, I mean, we're going to so. have to deal with that eventually when we get to the promised land. That'll yeah, be just you episode. wait, folks. That'll be, <laughs> that'll be a bumper one. But yeah, I but, think we thought going episodic for this would probably be the... Yeah. And that's how it was originally aired as well. So. Yeah, exactly. But if you do think that it'll make a big difference to our view of it, watching the director's cut, because I have, I think, seen one or two people say that. Let us mm. know in the comments below. Maybe yeah. we'll cycle back around to this once we've reached the end. You know, once we've got to the promised land, done the promised land, maybe we'll come back to this and watch maybe. the director's cut and mm. see if we view it any differently. Yeah. Or, you know, let us know if that's something you'd want us to do. Absolutely. Right. Let's get into it then. So... <laughs> um we get nine years later it says yes now, 
I don't know if we're meant to think nine years later since the last series. Or yes. What, but... Yeah, it's it, it's vague, isn't it? Obviously, I think it. they must have filmed this in 2008 because obviously 1999 was the last sit. So on that front, I was like, OK, that's, an, you know, that's a cute little way of bridging the time. Uh, and we're now in HD, which looks lovely. We do, it does look like, I must admit, it, it, like the, the visuals on the film stuff look mm. lovely. Yeah. I'm making that distinction because <laughs> some of the CGI, a little well, bit ropey. I'm going to say the, that first shot of Red Dwarf, yes. that, or, or actually the few times they show Red Dwarf in full as the ship, I think actually looks quite nice in this. Certainly more, well, obviously time passes, but it, it seemed more impressive than series seven and eight, you know, at least. I agree. Yeah. And yeah. they've still got that long ship, which I like rather than the mm. short stubby one. And yeah. it does look really nice. And this is... The ship, I think, it must have been where they put most of the money for the CGI, because it does look, <laughs> it does look really good, and I, it's one yeah. of the few bits of the CGI which I think works in the sh- in this episode. Well, in CG that doesn't work, because the very ne- the very first thing after that shot of Red Dwarf in space, yeah. is Lister walking down a corridor, and at first, and please correct me if I'm wrong, Phil, because you know I don't have the best eyesight, but as he's walking down, might as well like, hang on, this corridor or the background of it felt cgi to me yeah are you wait are you talking about when we're in there with him or the bit where he's where we're kind of still outside the ship and we're kind of panning across the windows uh the when we're panning across the windows when we're panning across the windows yeah i think a lot of the backgrounds in this episode or this story this three-parter when they're on red dwarf especially are Mm. computer generated they're green screened on to yes. it as well they're not actually in the physical environment with, and it, with mixed results yeah <laughs> i think yeah sometimes the depth of field isn't quite right it just looks odd yeah it, yeah it, it looks odd quite a lot of the time i think which is one of the one of the drawbacks to yes. this style of doing it which is I, a shame as well because by 2009 even for tv i feel tv cgi had got to a point where it was obviously not as good as you know hollywood and stuff but I'd feel by then we got to a state where things like that were a bit more subtle or let. Yeah, you know. I mean, what were we on? We were on. Okay, we're Doctor Who fans. We were on we're, series yeah. four of Doctor Who at that point. Or like the special. Or the special. Yeah, the special. Yeah. We were on the special. So what big CGI was there in the specials? Ooh, I mean, Waters of Mars. You had like the Bowie Base One. Yeah. And, um, or in series four, or the stuff with the Cruciform. You know, the big Dalek ship in the finale, and that was yeah. all CG and. I don't know. I just I don't think it, they ever did. I don't think Doctor Who has done the kind of fully 3D background because I think they, no. this was a cost saving measure, I think. For them, yes, because they didn't want to have to build the sets. They didn't want to have to build, you know, all these rooms of, of Red Dwarf. Yeah. So they created them digitally instead. And yes. Doctor Who never did that. They you no. know, they created the TARDIS. They created the sets for most things. They might have enhanced them somewhere with CGI. Yeah, they yeah. weren't. They weren't actors standing in front of green screens and yes. then, it, then the, it put in afterwards. I, w- I will say, though, I mean, we'll talk about when we get there. There were some CG shots aboard Red Dwarf that I did actually like quite a mm. lot. I could tell they were CG, but I thought they were, there are, let's say there are shots in this episode that we'll get to that are better than this opening one looking at Lister through through the windows. Let's yeah. put it that way. Oh, And while it may not have the execution and, and the fact that it, it was obviously CG. I liked what they were going for with the panning across the windows mm, and, mm. you know, traveling down red, the side of Red Dwarf and seeing Lister go past all these windows and eventually into the quarters. 
I liked I liked what they were going for. And yes. Yeah. I think if they had if they had used like footage from a real set to insert in the windows, that mm. might have worked a bit better. But yeah, I thought it was a nice idea. Yeah. No. Nice. Nice idea. Just didn't quite. Didn't quite manage it, but and alas. They, they get into the crew quarters. They've got another another new quarters. The nice oh, that shiny set looked white gorgeous, one. though, didn't it? They do. They, it does look yeah. good. It's kind of like, it's got the slightly the vibes of like the series three to three to five sets, but um, but sort of glammed up and definitely bigger. Def- that's huge. <laughs> yes. Oh, no, it's massive. Absolutely massive. And um, so, and uh, Rimmer's got his hard light suit back. We've ditched the... Uh, well, he's, uh, well, I know yeah. they're mainly in prison uniforms in Series 8, but yeah, we've gone back to his hard light uniform. Yeah, because he's a hologram again. Yes, yeah, which, is the, which throughout this episode, they don't really touch on... Is it that classic Red Dwarf thing of, we're just going to completely forget about... Because by this point, when you say he's a hologram, and obviously this is nine years later from what we don't know as of yet... Um, is nine years from when the crew died in series one or nine years from only the good. That was my question. You know, it's like, is mm. this carrying on from only the good or is this nine years from the events of the very first episode? So chronologically, is it, you know, taking place a bit before series eight? Well, that was what I was thinking. The, the back of the box has something weirdly interesting that oh. I think, but this text was written before series 10 was made. The back yes. of the DVD box says Back to Earth takes place after Series 10. It says that's oh. the first line. But that might make, that's not going to make too much sense to you now. No. But when we get into the next <laughs> few episodes, that's going to be a reference to something in those. I see. That is very meta. But oh, okay. I will, we, we will get to that. <laughs> but I, meta, I, but in terms of like for anybody, lit, well, we can discuss it more then. But I, this doesn't fit after Series 10. In my right. head, like okay. I don't think it fits after series ten where, chronologically. Where, but... where do you think it sits? Have you got a place <laughs> for it, or I just, I, can't, I think I'm just put. I I just assume it is where it says it is. I assume it is nine years after the events of Only the Good. Okay. Yeah. And right. as for Rimmer, I mean, there's several options. He could that, have. Yes. That could be the nanobot reformed Rimmer that has died again. Um, yes. He could have died in that episode. Def could have got, he needed him in the, in the yes, balls, but he maybe did. Def caught up with him and he did die. Possibly. Or maybe he died at a later date. There's also Who the possibility knows? that he is the original Rimmer and he's just come back. <laughs> And who knows where the other I'm, room is? I'm gone. hoping stuff gets revealed as we go, Phil. Otherwise, <laughs> this is going to be this is going to become more egregious than the series <laughs> three opening title scroll, which I could forgive because it was still fairly early on and it was funny. But yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. This is only part one. This is only yeah. part one. Got part two and three and beyond. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't get your hopes up of anything being oh, answered. Right, well, not well, that I remember. Like I say, I haven't seen this in 13 years, so possibly, yeah. possibly, but um, not that I remember. Uh, <laughs> Well, so, I mean, in this scene, though, obviously it's great seeing Chris Barry uh, just in general as Rimmer. And then obviously when Lister joins him. But then in this scene between Lister and Rimmer, there was something I know. I, I mean, it's obvious, but it's something I noticed. And I thought, ah, th- I feel this is going to hamper this completely. There's no studio audience. There is not a studio audience inside. And I think the fund, I mean, I'll say it now. I'll, I'll probably say it throughout this review constantly. But to me, it feels like with no studio audience, but it's still shot, written, presented like a sitcom. Yeah, it, almost. It apart from the fact that they do a lot of single camera work that is very different from 
Like the the kind mm. of it's more, it's more slightly like they, they got some handheld stuff in there and they do it's uh, which you wouldn't be able to do in a normal sitcom sort of three camera setup. But I do, yeah, I know what you mean. Other than mm. that, the, especially the writing is yes. kind of like they write it where there's a gag and you feel like there should be laughter. Yeah, because you there's the pause. There's so yeah. many times where and obviously in something without a studio audience i remember getting taught this is like rule number one when i was studying at drama school they say when you're doing like more even in comedy if there's no studio audience you know we as naturally when we speak we don't leave pauses like i'm talking to you i don't oh phil how was your day pause and you take five seconds before going yeah it's been do you know what i mean so yeah without the studio audience laughing there's there are good jokes there are good jokes in this episode but then they just for me, they fall completely flat because there's this very obvious gap and it feels awkward because you're mm. like, I meant to be laughing, but that, I think that's what I mean. The execution is presented in a sitcom style yeah. as opposed to still having the jokes, but cut together in a more snappy, quick way. So they're still funny, but it, that, that's what I mean, I guess, anyway. Yeah. It's and just... it has a, a real, the same sort of effect that, can you remember Body Swap, which is yes. one of our lowest ranked yes. episodes when we did yes, the ranking? it is ranking um only beaten by Crytek tv so far mm. um that didn't have a studio audience because of the technical limitations of having to swap yes. the voices over so mm. we didn't have a laugh track on that one as well uh or, or was it or did they put it in afterwards but i think i think, I think they put it in afterwards. they recorded it afterwards yeah yeah like so it, it wasn't even as bad they kind of for the audience for us watching at home we had the audience laughing but i still remember noticing that it had an effect on the energy levels yes. of the actors yeah. At just not having that studio audience there with them, even though yeah. we could they've they've canned on some laughter for us at home afterwards. The, it affected their energy levels. And it's the same thing here. I notice it massively that they just feel a lot more kind of flat and like yeah, flat, like you said, and they just don't have the energy. Which is such a shame because I mean for them as well, after ten years, you know, and coming back for this big special, and if it feels like well, I don't know about them individually, but if it comes across that like their hearts aren't one hundred percent in it, it's just it's a shame more than anything. It really is. But um, but that's I mean I think I'll just say it now. That was a big recurring issue in this episode for me. The fact you can have Red Dwarf without a, a studio. Uh, you, do you know what I mean? I think you can do it. Um, but. You need to, I think, adapt how it's presented. And I, I feel it wasn't adapted enough to meet that change. Yeah, I completely yeah. agree. Absolutely. Um, so the scene we get between Rimmer and uh, Lister in the in their new quarters, we find out various things. We find out Crichton is off on holiday to yes. a broom cupboard down on, what was it, G-Deck or something like that? One he's of gone the decks, long, yeah. He's gone a long way away. To, to look at a broom cupboard. It's got yes. Um, and we get <laughs> a weird scene where Lister is ironing with his snot as, yeah, instead of water. It's, I mean, it is, you know, it's very Lister in, in the slobbish way, but yeah, it's, that, it's, it's a bit grim. It's I was just, just frankly surprised that Lister irons anything, frankly. Uh, well, yeah, I know, I know. But then I guess it may it makes sense in a later scene, doesn't he it? Do, yeah, I suppose he would put for. in the extra effort for where he's going there. Mm. We also see another bit of CGI, which I think doesn't work. The scutters. I agree. I absolutely agree. I know making them CG, you could argue, maybe gives them more freedom for like expression. But then I'd argue the the physical real life scutters were expressive enough. Like Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was a cost saving. Or maybe they didn't have the original scutter props lying Maybe around not, anymore but i'm sure they could have recreated them and yeah i don't know 
But no, it, I agree. The CG doesn't it doesn't work for them. It doesn't work. It's so obviously not in the scene. Yes. Which is which is a well, that's like a caveat with CG in general, isn't it? Our eyes can tell, and so, sometimes it's not a problem. But I think for something that used to be practical mm. and now it's not, it's sort of like it's like you know when people saw in you know CG Yoda for Star Wars fans for the first time in the prequels. Yes. A lot. I think people are more used to it now, but like back then, it was a shock, wasn't it? That everyone yeah. had known him as a puppet, and now he's a sure very expressive CG model, but still very obviously not there with everyone else definitely definitely yeah yeah that did that did not hold up well either unfortunately but um... we do get between scenes some that the old classic yeah i like i was like okay that's nice very good very good yeah that doesn't really happen in series eight from what i remember i don't think we really heard that sting between we don't we saw it once when i think when they when they were flying first in yeah um and that was and then that's it it, really Yeah. yeah so yeah nice to have it back hope it stays hope it stays but Lister was ironing his formal wear, uh, mm. as it is, although it's a very um, hodgepodge formal wear and yeah. kind of half casual, half formal, uh, to go to a memorial, which is in, yes. which is in, I would say, a nice little observation dome. I quite like the observation. Yes. Not the not the old observation no, dome. No, 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 not deck, the original. These random sort of glass pods that are sticking out of the side of the ship that we've never seen before. But nice. I like the domes. Um, and he's going to a memorial for many dead crew members um but specifically the one that we're most interested in is kachansky Kachansky. and it's chloe arnett kachansky as well which then made me think right so is this is this after only the good then well it must be Uh, yeah unless they're just saying they're breaking their own continuity by making her the definitive kachansky regardless i guess yeah i mean i think definitely it's after it's after the series we've seen before it's just how much after i think absolutely question and which of the other Dave series is it before or after? That's the that's what's kind of a little bit up for debate. But um, I wonder if I mean you might know, but it, did Chloe Arnett not want to do it, or was she just never was Kachansky never considered? Or I don't actually I don't know, but it might just have been that she wasn't available. Possibly, possibly, yeah, yeah. I, I might look into that after this, see if I can find out. Yeah, try and find I was out a bit for curious. the next episode if you can. I'll um, have a look as well if I can mm, find out any information about but, it. If you know at home, let us know in the comments yeah. below the YouTube version of this um, on my YouTube channel, which is just my name, Philip Hawkins. Mm, Go find absolutely. that and you can talk to us on there. Leave comments. I've got to say though, Phil, that this, this, this uh, scene, this was unironically my favourite scene of the episode. I really okay. liked it. I thought the CG when there's a moment where the camera's like outside the ship, like, you know, looking in at the whole, I thought that was really beautiful as a shot. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that Lister gets a genuine tender moment for a second. Like I thought Craig Charles, man, doing that whole, the thing with uh, the Jane Austen, you know, all that. I thought that was really touching and quite, just really quite nice. It's not, and yes, I know Cat comes in to sort of lighten the mood, which I'll get to in a sec. But everything up to that, I just thought was really nice. And again, I think it just backs up what I've said before. Even though Red Dwarf's a comedy, I do think it can pull off those moments of genuine drama, yeah, like or, or stuff without a punchline. You know, yeah, those those emotional moments, and and again, it's in an observation dome. Lovely, yeah, Love that. and it looked oh. nice as well. But yeah, I, yeah, honestly, I mean, I'll say it now. Obviously, not funniest moments. It's not. It's not funny. But you know, it, it was my favorite bit of the episode. Mm. I just thought Craig Charles smashed it in that because 
Yeah, even even when he's been tender before, it's often snatched by like a punchline so quickly. And indeed it is here as well, but I felt he actually got a little nice decent window to just just act as this character rather than come up with a joke. So I like did you like it as well or Yeah, I thought it was a, a lovely scene. But yeah, I think I probably agree. One of the, my favorite scenes of the episode, possibly my favorite scene of the episode. Um although there's not much competition to be fair. <laughs> so <laughs> well, there you go folks. That's a that's a forecast for <laughs> that's that's for the, what's coming. Get a, you're getting a gist We've of what I think now. this episode. We peak now. Um, um just one more thing on this scene before hmm. we move on. Um, just a random trivia fact. The, ep- the, the You can clearly see another picture next to Kachansky's because this is a memorial for all crew members yes. who have gone. And that's a picture of Mel Bibby. Um, oh. Bibby was the show's production designer who died in 2002. So oh, wow. Sort of died after the series had ended on BBC. He was the production mm. designer for the BBC series. and So that was kind of like a, a just a nice um, nod to him. That's a really nice tribute. Yeah. Yeah. It might have helped, uh, I don't know, might have helped Craig Charles work the scene as well, because if it's someone he would have worked yeah, with and known. Um, oh, last thing on that scene, uh, props to Howard Goodall, the the guy who does the music for Red Dwarf, because I thought the music that underscored that stuff with Lister, was it really suited it and really sort of hammered in what the feelings that were going round. And I mean, Howard's done it, I think, since day one. Like, he's literally been with the show from the very beginning so and it's nice that because obviously a lot of it doesn't have music red dwarf outside of like the theme and changing transitions so i, I like I, I do like it when red dwarf actually gets to use proper incidental music for a change yeah definitely you, you mentioned cat this is where cat gets reintroduced looking rather disheveled yes, yes. <laughs> very unlike cat um, <laughs> and that's because we failed to find out later he got dragged into a water tank um yes. by a thing with tentacles so um, or as he believes it to be testicles oh <laughs> yes as he says testicles and then there's a you know lister comes in and he means he means he means tentacles. yes um <laughs> which again that whole scene felt very under oh god it underplayed felt, and hardly yeah. any energy it kind of dragged and again a lot of pauses for where a laugh track would would i wonder if they filmed it like the bodies i wonder if they filmed it without a studio audience maybe intended to put one over it and then decided not because it just feels like this they are professional actors and there's a professional crew working on it i just ref- you wouldn't leave that many pauses in an episode that isn't going to happen do you know what i mean it just it doesn't feel right so that's another thing i think i might have to dig into for next week if yeah meant to it'll be interesting because we've said we've watched track. the um the, the the broadcast versions maybe i don't know but it maybe they have put the, on the director's cut, maybe they have put a laugh track in. Well, I watched a, a little tidbit audience. I, I, for, for, right, the menus on the Blu-ray were very confusing to find the episodic version of this. So I started watching the director's cut. I got about seven minutes in. I can confirm to you, Phil, there's no laugh track on oh, there either. Oh, okay. Never mind. So uh, there, there just doesn't seem, but it just, as I said, it feels odd, especially in a scene like that where Cat's bouncing off all these lines and it, it, it nothing happened or, yeah disappointing disappointing we did get a bit of series one-esque cat you know when he leaves in the scene transition when he's doing he's doing his spins and being like wow yeah like yeah we haven't seen that in ages we haven't no so some nice references i suppose back in this oh and Crichton comes back in of course yeah he comes back in in his hawaiian shirt lovely shirt there um from from his broom cupboard holiday uh, all nice and relaxed, but then yes. instantly when he finds out about the situation with the squid and the water, this is why they're having trouble with their water supply and why uh, List had to use his snot instead of water for the steam. 
Um, the, uh, yeah, they're having because there's a giant squid in the tank. That's why. Um, Absolutely. So he comes back. Uh, Rimmer, in an uncharacteristic moment, it seems, takes charge and comes up with a plan. And they're like, "We're he's gonna we're gonna get a diving bell. We're gonna go down." And he's like, very like has a plan. Of course, you find out that he has no intention of actually going down himself. Oh, just no. just wants the rest of them to go down. But Pretty much. You know. <laughs> Which sounds about right for Rimmer, to be fair. Yeah. Also, Cat's suit, though, is quite phenomenal. I did quite like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the other three of them, other than Rimmer, go down while Rimmer sort of stays behind and is meant to be observing and checking the sonar from a control room somewhere. Mm. And... Yeah, just basically, he's just reading. What is it? What is it? Um, classic car monthly. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Which Chris Barry himself is a classic car enthusiast. Uh, so that, that does make sense. They probably put that in there as a reference to. Well, it it worked because when he's reading out all these descriptions, you can tell he's passionate about. It because I think that's one of the hardest jobs as an actor when you're given stuff to read about that you might not be passionate about. Because I think it's very easy to tell who is and who isn't. But he he carried all that off so easily. So yeah, yeah. that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, and then he gets he gets distracted reading this. He's not really paying attention. He puts some music on, and so while they're getting attacked by a squid, get that's attacking the diving bell. Yes. He's just there dancing away. That must admit that was a little bit funny. His like movements, his you know, yeah, his physical around. acting hasn't hasn't gotten worse. It's as good as ever. Like he knows how to carry that off, and that was one of the better bits of comedy. I think the way they kept cutting between the two. Um, yeah, that you didn't necessarily need a studio audience for. That was funny on its own. So, but you know, I think that sort of quick editing just should have been the thing throughout, not between different places, but you know, just in a scene, it should have been a bit more snappier, I think, and quicker. But no, this was a good moment. Um, and but C- CG squid, CG tentacles. Let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. Before they go down, you get we do see the kind of cargo bay where this thing is. Oh That's, yes, that yeah. was very CG. Um, I thought that was one of the better, better ones. CG. Yeah, yeah, I think I think probably because they were so small in the scene, we didn't mm. notice the the kind of glaringly obvious they're on a seat, they're on in front of a green screen background as yeah. much as when they're in a room and you're just seeing the background. Hey, we've come a long way from season three, episode one, where Rimmer gets ejected in the hangar. Do you remember? And oh, it's yes. Very, it's very badly blue. We've come a long way from that. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it is better than that. I will give it that. I, I just um, think the hangar stuff or wherever they are, it helped make that was a good CG example together with like the echo they put on the voices and stuff. It helped Red Dwarf as a ship feel massive. Yeah. Because I feel sometimes in the BBC era, you, you didn't. You did sometimes, but I feel a lot of the time you didn't get the impression or the feel that this was like, you know, a massive ship. It's a ship that... the size of a city, basically. Well, it, yeah, exactly. Space. And I just think that shot and those shots in, in the hangar, I think they work quite well. Yes, you can tell they're CG, but they, they work a damn sight better than the the corridor stuff and yeah. all that. So what do you think of the CGI of the squid then? Uh, <laughs> I mean, when the tentacles break through and start attacking them, like... I, in my notes, I literally wrote, it could have been worse. Like, I think because the camera work is quite fast and that it keeps cutting quite quickly. Like, again, yes, you, it's very obvious they're not, they're CG. But I think if it had been one shot, you know, prolonged, that would have come across worse. So I, it's not as bad as I thought it could have been. But um, what did you make of it 13 years on? Yeah, I mean, no, 
other than a few moments, I don't think this, even like the CGI, we don't mind, like the hangar scene. It's, st it's still comparatively, I mean, it is of its time. It doesn't hold up massively well. This isn't mm. as good as that. It's, it, it's fine, I guess. But it's passable. It's, it's just about passable. Yeah. These <laughs> yeah, stuff. just about yeah. I mean, it's not. It's like sits somewhere. It's like it's better than the scutters. Oh God! Yeah. But it's not yeah, as yeah, good yeah. as Red Dwarf the ship. No, but it's or the it, observation deck. Yeah, or anything like. But that. it's better. It's like it's a lot better than the scutters. It's better than these. CGI backgrounds when they're in like the the rooms and things. So yes, yeah, it's kind yeah. of like sits in the middle, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Tit for CGI. tat, tit for yeah, tat. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But when they come back up and they escape the squid and they've destroyed, they've got like the the squid the squid kind of warps out because it's got dimension hopping powers. Yes, apparently. Yeah. But there is a <laughs> tentacle that has been chopped off that yes. lands and um, they escape and then they get up there and suddenly there's a new hologram there mm. to greet them uh what sounds she says kind of a russian accent or at least eastern european of some yes kind. yeah i can't do you know what the name uh, the name i think they made intentionally long and tongue twisty so i can't actually remember but oh, yes me, she is i bet i can find it let me I'll have a look to, yeah um, beginning with a k i think her surname it's not, it's not that long and tongue twisty it's only katarina <laughs> oh is it what's her surname oh i don't know maybe the surname was it they've only got the first Let, name. Let's go here. with Katarina. That's fine. Katarina. Um, yes, Katarina. Played by here. Sophie Winkleman. Mm, who is also a hologram. Yes. We see quickly. Um, and she's been she's been transported there from another dimension. Uh, is that what she said? Or did, did she say that? I, I don't know. I, At this uh, point, I was like, what's happening? I like, kind of. And if, she, if that's what happened, I missed it. Because my assumption was that she had somehow been activated because... Rimmer wasn't doing his job properly, so she yeah. was a replacement. Let's see. And... You, you, do you know what? You're probably right. That makes more sense. I think it's because very quickly she starts speaking about different dimensions and all that sort of stuff. But who would have activated um, her? I don't know, because we don't have a Holly at the moment. Very disappointed with that. <laughs> Where's uh, Holly? Yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. No fact, Holly. She does make a reference to not specific. Nobody mentions Holly at all in this episode, which I found very weird. Like, yeah. but. She does make a reference to, um, or somebody makes a reference to the mainframe computer getting damaged. So presumably that is Holly, and that's why Holly's not there. But nobody ever mentions Holly. It's um, a shame. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. No, yeah, that 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 is a shame. I mean, who knows? Well, you know more than me. Maybe in the future he will he will emerge again, but hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah, um, I just had a quick look. So yeah. She just it says she just materializes a former science officer who just materializes and none of them seem to recognize. Well, I mean, it's a big ship. There's no it is you wouldn't oh, know yeah, the true, entire crew crew of over a thousand people. I mean, I, yeah, I certainly don't know everybody that works at my workplace. No, that's fair enough. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. So yeah, former science officer and she's there to she's very stern, isn't she? Mm, very like, yes. right, we're going to do this. We're going to the point. plan. Yes, she's yes. going to um, she's going to help Lister repopulate the human race <laughs> because you know why not? <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's there's a scene um, where between Crichton and Rimmer, which yes. is another one of these oh she's behind me type scenes, isn't she? When she's been even yes. talking about which we've now, seen a few times before. We saw this last in series eight when there was a when the captain no. Was it the captain? No, it wasn't the captain. It was Ackerman, wasn't it? It was behind him. Yes, uh, I think in, so. In the prison cell. And 
it it worked. I thought it worked really well in that scene, and because because of the way that he delivered the lines. And I don't know if it's just because we don't have the studio audience and the energy is down, but it did not work this time for me. This joke. No, and it and it went on a bit as well. And it's worked and with, that... with the same actor before, so I know you yes. can do this type of joke and pull it off. But yeah, it didn't here and. And when and when you get to the um like the bit where he says oh um, it was as like you your breasts are looking marvelous today or whatever he said that to me is like okay now we're just pulling for the you know the ram the shock line sort yeah. of thing which would have maybe been funnier like I said had the energy been higher had it been maybe presented differently but yeah the yeah it's just a shame it just it fell a bit flat it um, did it did but in the discussion with uh, Katarina. Um, is it Katarina? Sorry, or Katrina? Yeah, uh, Katarina. Katarina, cool. So in the chat she has with Rimmer, um, like you said, she wants to repopulate uh, w- the Earth with Lister, but not in the not in the conventional sense that we all might assume. She goes on to explain a long bit of techno babble about using the squid's properties to do something or other, and this that basically the multiverse which she does yeah. say she says that doing That's it you know very 10 years before the, the multiverse yeah you know, it's doing it 10 years time, before clearly. it was cool <laughs> um you could argue it's done it even before this you know in series seven with alternate yeah, true but now they're but, using um, the word the word is cool yeah, yes now. the word was there i was like oh she said it um but yeah basically the multiverse is what they're going to use to to do this task um and she's given rimmer 24 hours to you know, she she said like I'm going to give you 24 hours to like sort out your whatever it yeah. was. Is she saying in that 20? I'm going to shit you off anyway, or you better book up in 24 hours? Or no, I think she's saying you you've got 24 hours to like say your goodbyes and stuff. Right, right, okay. I thought that's what it was, but yeah. the way it was worded could have potentially, I think, meant the other. But yeah, yeah. and the sense. thing is, this is a scenario we've seen before in this show because we've t- twice, in fact. We've had basically the same thing with Holly with the Queeg mm. episode. Yes. And we've had it with Crichton in The Last Day where a replacement comes along and That's says, right. you're going to be destroyed. I'm your replacement. Um, yes. So it kind of feels a little bit repetitive now. This is the third yeah. time around on this plot point. <laughs> Maybe they thought, oh, it's been 15 plus years. Maybe. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get away with it. You know, DVDs don't exist. <laughs> People won't recognize. Um and they, I mean, they, DVDs definitely existed by this point. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. Like they're, but they're they're probably like, oh yeah, forget about that. Yeah. Um. So she she start she uses the tentacle or part of the tentacle to build a di- dimension jumper cannon thing. Yeah, you know, they, I will give them this. At least you know we saw her working out how to build it and doing the science behind it this time, as opposed to in only the good when they just yeah. were like, oh. Here's one in a cupboard that just opens a <laughs> mirror, team, mirror world mirror version. Yeah. <laughs> just lying around. She at least yes. here she actually had to go and we we create did get it. a little montage. I I appreciate the little montage immensely, but yes, that was good to see. <laughs> and uh, and then and then that's it. They yeah, op- they she, open the portal. Opens... We get a to be continued. Yeah. And here you could I think you can really notice that they the the people making it wanted it to be a feature length movie because it mm. doesn't feel like. No, it just kind of you're right. It, it really just, just kind of like cuts off. Yeah. And like no no line, no reveal. It's just a shot, right? We're opening the thing and that's it. And yeah. It's just it's very weird. Like you're saying, I think I think like you're saying, the director clearly meant this to be well, what is the director's cut, I'm assuming? One feature length episode. But and maybe after I've seen parts two and three, I might think, yeah, do you know what? This should have just been 
or should have aired as one thing. But yeah, you're right. This cliffhanger felt very out of place or just bizarre. It did. Um, so yeah, that's uh... that, that's it. That's that's the first episode <laughs> of Back it, to yeah. Earth. Um, so what did we learn? Uh, yeah, what... <laughs> some nice CGI, some not so nice CGI. Giant squid, and now it's dead. Yeah, now... rumors replacement. Um... Yes, Russian scientist makes dimension cannon. Yeah, the end. yeah. But we always pick our favorite character. And our funniest moment. There's not a whole lot of characters to pick from here. We've only got five in the whole episode. Yeah, not um, a whole lot of funny moments uh, well, either. Well, six if you want to count the scutter, maybe. Um, mm. <laughs> and I'm not picking it. I'm picking the scutter. <laughs> CGI scutter. Um, no. So, who was your favourite character? I'm giving it to Lister. Okay. Um, purely for the fact... I mean, it's mainly for that little scene in the observation deck when he pays his respects, if you will. Um, just because, I mean, as an actor myself, even though even though I know, and I'll say this all the time, because I'll get people saying, "Oh, it's a comedy." Like, yes, Red Dwarf is a comedy. I know that's its primary like genre, primary focus, whatsoever. You know all that. But there are loads of Red Dwarf episodes where you where you can have more tender moments, moments without any comedy, and they don't feel out of place. And this was one of them, which I really liked. And as I said, the music was great behind it. It was shot really well. I liked the setting of this observation deck. Um, I thought Lister with reading the book was really touching as well. Um, the shot of him crying as well, because we have we seen him cry openly before at this point? Yes. Yes. Can yes. You remember when? Uh, I he cried at a f- when watching a film. Um, oh, of course, yes. That's, <laughs> and that's right. at least one time he might have cried that's at other at times, least. but I definitely he cried while watching a soppy movie. But even again, that was for a punchline, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was very over the top crying. It was like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But this, but no, this, is, this was very much genuine. More, felt genuine, yeah. yeah. And it was, and I, I agree. Yeah, and I like seeing these characters get more, not somber, because it makes it sound like I want everything to be down, but I just, I like them having a more like real moment. Because, you know, we do get sad when we're paying respects to people we've lost. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and just, I thought Craig Charles smashed it throughout the episode, the bits he was in anyway. So, yeah. I mean, there wasn't much to choose from, but yeah, I'm giving it to Lister. What about you? Um... I'm toying between two. It's either going to be Lister or Katarina. Okay. Um, because I think she had the funniest moments in the episode, okay. even though there okay. were very few and far between. Yeah. Uh, so, but no, I think actually what you've said there about Lister has persuaded me that actually, yeah, I think that scene where he's at Kachansky's memorial bit yeah uh, yeah it's a very nice bit i'm gonna give it to lister too yay lister yeah. all around kicking what a, off the... what about funniest moments do you have one well i yes i do um it, it's it's far from being like you know among the greats of the red dwarf comedy pantheon but uh the bit where rimmer starts putting on the music while the others are in the dive bell just because chris barry doing a bit of physical acting is always going to put a bit of a smile on my face so and it was, as I said at the time, it was the it was the best use of the comedy, I think, because it, it didn't need the laugh track. It was it was cut really well. It's a classic trope you see in like comedy or comedy horror movie. You know, one half is having a great time doing whatever, and then oblivious on the other half, it's all going horribly wrong. But you know, out of this, it was it was the funniest thing for me. Personally. Yeah. But um, what about you? Um, mine is a Katerina moment, which is mm-hmm. why I was toying with her giving it a uh, favorite character. It's a line she has when talking about Rima and uh and she she's she says I am now ranking officer not Arnold Rima who bitch crap <laughs> <laughs> terrible accent there sorry 
No, but that—that is—that uh, that is the only line in the entire episode. That's the only moment in the entire episode where I actually oh, really? laughed out loud. Nothing else. The only moment. Oh, that's uh, there were a couple of moments which I found mildly amusing, like internally, but didn't. But that one actually did make me laugh out loud a little bit. Not much. Oh, okay. I'm saying. Like, just, it's, little, just a little kind of like, just a little yeah. chuckle, just a little like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, an acknowledged laugh. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. We're, oh, fair whereas enough. nothing else did. So that has to get my funniest moment, I think. Fair enough, that? fair enough. See, we're struggling, folks. We're struggling. Oh yes, right. Moment <laughs> of truth. Um, <laughs> what are you giving <laughs> this out of ten? How many scutters? How many CGI scutters? Uh-huh. Out of ten are you giving this? Um, <laughs> I'm giving it a. Uh, I feel like I've been generous, but I'm standing by it because I felt it in my gut. I'm giving it a five. Okay. Because um, there are as a, there are good bits in it. Like, it's not without merit, I don't think. Whereas to me, most of, say, Crichty TV felt completely without merit and still, I think, is my least favorite episode. This is probably in the bottom ten. Couldn't place it at, off the top of my head, but I'd say it's that far down. Yeah. Because even though there are bits that I love, like the observation deck bit and there's some of, some of the CGI does look nice and some of the character moments like the actors are still giving us these characters but i think it loses a lot of points because of the way it's presented without the studio audience it feels like they're meant to be there and because they aren't there that just drags it down like the comedy most of the comedy doesn't work as we've said because of the port like there's lots of awkward pauses um which i refuse to believe is the actor's fault because that you know that they've done it for years they'll know that which I'm going to now go down my conspiracy rabbit hole and find out if there was meant to be a studio audience for this. Um, but yeah, a lot of it doesn't work. Some of the CG is is a bit, uh, even for 2009 on a TV budget. Um, it, this score might change if we do watch the director's cut as one feature-length thing, but as a part one, it doesn't really set up much or make me interested besides the very last minute of the whole, right, we're going to travel dimensions now. You yeah. Know, the rest of it is literally, we're on Red Dwarf. There's a giant squid. Let's go and find the giant. Oh, the giant squid's dead. That it, it feels very empty for a season opener and for a part one. That might ch- I'm at a season. You know what I mean? As a part one in general, might change when I watch the director's cut or from part two and three. But yeah, for now, it's a five out of ten. Yeah, that's fair enough. So not your lowest score, but uh, not my lowest. Quite low uh, down. Whilst quite you read yours, them. I'm going to consult my ranking list and see if I can quickly place it within there, and then I'll okay. let you know. But um, where where would you uh, place this? I'm going to also give it a five out of ten, um, which is joint's lowest. I think I don't think I've given below a five out of ten. If I okay. my memory serves me, um, I gave Crytie TV a five out of ten and Body Swap, the episode that I compared this to in terms of the lack of laugh track or the, the mm. well the lack of energy because the they were performing without a laugh in the yes, audience. Yeah. You see what I mean? Um, yeah. Earlier on as well. So, I'm, yeah, I'm going to put it down there with those. I I don't know if I would, because we've recently done our ranking and I did put Crytie TV last. You did? Would I put this below that? Uh... <sighs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, it's very yeah. close. I would... I think I'd need to watch them back to back to find out which one I like least. Yes. Well, I've I've just looked at my ranking and I think I'm it's literally going it it'll go Crichty TV, then Body Swap, then this. Right. Like it is because the one after that was the Pete two parter, and even though I didn't enjoy that great, I think I'd still rather watch both of those over over this opening install. But you know, part two and three, I, you know, it's coming. Might yeah. might all change. 
might all change. And, the, you, and you might all put in the comments, the director's cut's better. You should, you're cheating yourselves, but we're, you know, we're going episodic. So, so bit, but yeah, it really isn't. It is down there, isn't it? It's just, yeah. It is. Yep. I can imagine it for yourself as a Red Dwarf after 10 years, this was not what you were expecting. No, definitely not. Let's talk about that for a second, because obviously you watched this at the time, right? On broadcast. So after 10, like before before this aired, like leading up to it, were you were you like hyped up? Were you looking for certain things? Like what what did you think was gonna It's hard to remember now. I was definitely looking forward to it. I Mm. don't really know what I expected. Um I think I was probably disappointed at the missing cast members, so no Holly, no Kachansky. Yeah. Um, and it was just very different. Mm. And different isn't always bad. No. Things no. need to evolve and change, and different can be good. But I, the changes they made to the style of it, I don't think worked. Um, and I think they acknowledged that because, you know, like even the format of the having you know this three-part special and that was it you know mm-hmm. after this they went back to series yes, again yeah so i think they acknowledge what doesn't work here and you know in future series try and address that while still changing right, okay. so yes yeah uh yeah it was a little bit of a i think it was a little bit of a disappointment at the time i can't remember if i was like devastated or anything but yeah. it was kind of i think i was like oh Right, yeah, okay. so, sort of a dull landing, <laughs> yeah. if you will. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, well. There we go. Will part two be any better? We'll find out <laughs> next week. I certainly hope so. <laughs> even just even just a little bit. Even just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, or is it just going to get progressively worse each part? Oh, God. <laughs> Will we actually <laughs> give, like, a two or a one by the end of it? Who knows? Oh, yeah, could it be worse than Crikey TV? Well, they'll have to find out next time, won't you? Crikey so. <laughs> TV did get a, a one out of ten from our guest reviewer. So. It did. It absolutely did. And not much, well, not a great deal higher from us either. No, no. No. Well, there we go. That's that is back um back to earth part one. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. be back next week, part two. Um of course we're a, we we are available to talk to everywhere on the internet. You can find people to talk to. We got we got a Twitter account for our our podcast it's at all mm-hmm. dead dave pod i have a twitter account which is at culture filter uh filter spelled p-h-i-l-t-e-r because my name is phil adam has a twitter account i do which is at adam martin amtv you can go follow us there i also have a youtube channel which is just my name adam martin again with a y you can go and check out my stuff there give us a give us a subscribe check out the stuff yeah all and all i all have that. a youtube channel as well which this podcast does go up on uh, when you can you can comment on and interact with us on there if you don't want to do it on Twitter about this particular episode. Tell us what you think. Head to there. If you're listening to this via Apple or iTunes or podcasts or whatever, head to the YouTube and give us uh, your thoughts on the episode in the Absolutely. comments below the video. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back for part two next time. So see you then. Yes. Goodbye. Bye.